listening to Homeschool for One. You can teach an only child at home. Join us as we discuss the unique parts of this homeschooling journey. The Homeschool for One podcast, Music, is brought to you by The Word in Worship. The Word in Worship is a music ministry started by Jonathan and Emily Martin in Nashville, Tennessee, whose heart and passion is to create music saturated with the Word of God and resources to help fuel a life of worship. They create blogs, videos, and devotions, and in all they create, Jonathan and Emily aim to show that God's Word is not dull, stale, or boring, but beautiful, powerful, life-giving, and helpful. You can find them out online at www.thewordinworship.com to hear their music and to check out all their resources. This is Episode 1, Why Do We Do What We Do? My name is Cecile Reiser. And I'm Pamela Beal. And I'm in Texas. And I'm in Canada. And I homeschool my seven-year-old daughter. And I homeschool my 10-year-old daughter. So we'll have to learn from some boy moms how to homeschool a boy. <laughs> yes. I have a Bachelor of Theology degree and been involved in ministry pretty much my whole life. My parents were ministers, and then I went to Bible school, got my degree, and continued in that vein. And then when my daughter was born, I became a mom, (laughs) obviously. And when she became school age, we just decided that it would be best for our family to homeschool. And I have a Bachelor of Music in Music Education, and I taught for 20 years in the public school. I was a choir director in middle school and an elementary music teacher. And then about four and a half years ago, I left the classroom, and I am now homeschooling my daughter within about six months. Uh, we decided that homeschooling was going to fit our family, and, and it does beautifully. That's who we are. Oh, we have husbands. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> the, the principals of our uh, of our homeschool academies. Um. <laughs> and mine, well, and I know yours too, is very supportive of homeschooling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we've had that conversation where, um, you know, my husband was on board before I was because <laughs> yeah. I knew I would have to do all the work. Yeah. So, So we just want to talk about why we homeschool and what we love about it. That's basically what we're going to tell you today. So I'll let Pamela go first. So in the beginning, it was basically because she was really young. She was going to be three years old going into junior kindergarten here. And it was really young in the school she would be going to. I wasn't really that thrilled with. And so we knew a homeschooling family. We knew a couple homeschooling families. And so we started looking more and more into it. I checked out every book they had in the library (laughs) and read every book they had in the library. (laughs) And then, of course, Google and Facebook book and all those kind of things the more I the technology <laughs> yes and the more I looked and read the more I felt comfortable with making that decision mm. we're in our seventh year now And so the reasons I started are different than the reasons we continue right yeah one of the reasons that I have here is the positive social interactions a lot of times well most of the time when you're in a homeschool group mm-hmm. there's 
moms are there. Mm -hmm. And so they help guide the social interactions. So if there's any type of bullying, and we can't kid ourselves, there is bullying in homeschool, but it's minimized because moms are there. Yeah, yeah. And they can quickly um, intervene and make that experience more positive. I feel as though my daughter has some very deep relationships from homeschooling, and I'm grateful for that. And so, and that's not to say there isn't good in school. There is, obviously, but we're here to talk about homeschooling. Yeah. (laughs) So... One of the other reasons was, oh, it was the best route of education for our family. As we started getting into homeschooling and, of course, you know, learning to read came up, I found that my daughter was struggling with learning to read and it became very difficult to help her. And I wasn't trained in early childhood education, so it was hard to know what to do. But thank God for technology again and all the research and all that stuff. But as she... As she learned to read very slowly, she was also accelerating very quickly in other aspects of her education. And so I feel as though, you know, because of the one-on-one education, she's able to go at her pace. And so she may be, right now, she technically grade five age, but she's, I don't know if she'd appreciate me revealing this, but she's a grade three reader and about grade six in math. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, um, we're able to do that because I'm here reading for her when she needs to be read to mm-hmm. and guiding that. Yes. Where in a classroom full of 20, 30 kids, she's not going to be able to get that one-on-one attention. As good as any teacher is, teachers are fantastic. They just don't have the time or the resources to be able to do that. Right. The third one I have is safe environment. She's at home. So, you know, I we have a safe home and, you know, where she, where she has friends that have been in school or are in school and they talk about the different things that are going on the lockdowns and the bullying and Mm. the different things that the words that are said and the physical fights and Mm. all of those things and she's a very gentle person I know that those things would affect her even when other people raise their voice in any kind of situation she kind of just startles and so I kind of feel like she would just be constantly on guard constantly I don't want to have have that for her. Right. It kind of creates that bubble that we want for homeschooling, honestly, and educate our children in the way we see fit. Now, the reasons why we homeschool, I'll tell you this, after being raised in a public school and taught public school for 20 years, I, the whole time, was anti-homeschool. I think I knew one homeschooler growing up, and I just thought they were weird, <laughs> quite honestly. And and I knew at the time that, you know, back in the 80s, there were about three publishers for homeschool curriculum. So I figured there wasn't much out there to look for, and I was just a flat no. I'm never going to homeschool because these people are nuts. And it's interesting to me how through prayer and obedience, God has changed my heart completely (laughs) and shown me that I am the first educator of of my daughter. My husband is too. And this is what we want for our family. And he opened all the doors to homeschooling and all the doors for public school just kind of shut in different ways. We could have gone to public school and she could have been five minutes away, but it just was a better fit for us. And God called us to it. And that's just part 
part of our lifestyle and what we believe and how we believe. We made the decision to homeschool through a lot of prayer. Should we do this? And how do we do this? And and you're right, Pam, it is. It's about looking at Facebook and Google and looking at all the different books. Well, I discovered that, oh my gosh, there's more curriculum out there than meets the eye. And there's a million and one publishers now. Yeah, We knew from my daughter being in my womb that she was a different kind of kid and that she was, that her personality was going to be different. And we saw it from ages zero to four. And then when I took her out of daycare, when I left the classroom and brought her home, I quickly realized just how creative she was. And I began to foster that creativity. And I really wanted that to happen. My mother was a fabulous artist. My husband is a musician. I'm a musician. And I wanted to foster that within my child. And And having taught in the public school, I could foster the creative for my child and specifically meet her needs in a homeschooling situation. I see it even in my own daughter where her creativity, you know, at home is not stifled at all. And the things that she comes up with, whether it's an art project or music or Mm -hmm. creative writing, it's just incredible to me every time. And through that, I've been able to bring out my creative side, which seems like it was deep down in there (laughs) but you know it's coming out and things that I've desired to do but never thought that I really could are coming to fruition because Mm -hmm. you know I'm seeing it in her yes I agree with you wholeheartedly You know, one of the things that you shared with me last week is that, and I think this is part of fostering the creative, you said something about your daughter wanted to be in a play and you just take it upon yourself to organize a group and make a play. How'd that work? Yeah, she wanted to be Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Uh And so I gathered a bunch of friends together or I kind of put it out there in my local Facebook group. I want to do this play. Anybody interested? Got a bunch of people interested. Found a script. Started practicing in my tiny, tiny living room. So we had small group every week coming, practicing different scenes. One of the moms found a venue that was willing to let us practice for free. And it was a huge venue. So it was such a blessing that we were able to practice properly. Yes. Because we couldn't really practice properly. And then the same mom went out and found a venue with a stage. You know, I was willing to do it in my backyard. Oh. Um, Just so that she could have the experience of putting on this play. And I think that's a lot to the credit of having a group and pulling on the different strengths of the different mom because I'm very much an introvert I don't like calling people on the phone (laughs) so for me to call a you know a theater and say hey can we rent your stage was not something that was even close to my radar but if another mom wanted to do it I wasn't gonna stop her you know I love it how your daughter wanted to do something creative and you figured out a way to do it did you say no to it at any point or did you just go okay I'll do it well she was kind of persistent okay (laughs) (laughs) And so the first time I was like, yeah, that that would be a fun idea. And then, okay, mom, you said, (laughs) it's like, I don't remember saying (laughs) definitively, but, but by then she had already started recruiting and telling people the roles, you know, I'm going to be Dorothy and you're going to be the Tin Man and the Lion and, you know, (laughs) the Scarecrow and all these things. And so she was already delegating and assigning roles. Some of those roles stuck, some of them didn't, but, you know, she kind of took that on and I kind of 
I've had to either shut her down, which I didn't want to do, or run with it. Yeah. And as I ran with it, then the other moms that were there, they ran with it in their strength. It was a production that was beyond what I even imagined. And now with the Jungle Book, this is our third, and it just keeps getting wow. better and bigger. This last production for the Jungle Book, we had 100 people there. Oh and, my goodness, that's amazing. And it, it was awesome. Oh my goodness. Well, and I had my daughter in piano lessons because I took piano lessons when I was young. That's all part of being a musician. And and she took piano lessons kind of on and off for about a year. And she finally just said, Mom, I want you to teach me piano because she listens to me teaching voice lessons three days a week. And I guess she thought I could teach piano. And I'm like, I don't teach piano. <laughs> That's not my thing. And she said, no, I really want you to teach piano. So I called the piano teacher up and I said, okay, I, we're going to stop piano lessons. She wants me to do piano lessons at home and I'm not comfortable doing it, but I committed it to prayer and I committed it to God. And I just said, if this is what she wants me to do, show me how to do it, strengthen me, that kind of thing. We've been at it for a week and a half now of me teaching her piano. I incorporated it into our daily lesson. So she has a daily piano lesson. It's in the same vein of how we do our lessons. And and I'm finding that I'm not so bad at it. Okay. And it's amazing when our kids want something like that, we can, we, we step up to the challenge. God says, here's what you can do. Well, let's talk about what we love about homeschooling. I love the snuggle time in the morning. And of course, she's seven, almost eight. And so I don't know how long that will last, but we Well, love... we're almost 11. It's not over. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I don't really want to snuggle in the morning. Some mornings I just love the snuggles and just that extra time. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it's 15. Sometimes we fall asleep for another 30 minutes or an hour. <laughs> and it's the luxury of, of building relationships with my daughter. And that snuggle time is so important to how we communicate with each other later on. Yeah. And it, it's an important bonding experience yeah I mean this even this morning I was in the kitchen doing something and she says mom come on come on sit down um I have the book ready because we were about to do our read aloud and she had the book and blanket ready and she says come on I'm, I'm ready to get cozy and yeah. read the book she's <laughs> 10 and a half and yeah I don't see it ending anytime soon yeah we read aloud at night before bedtime but yeah the morning time snuggles are just what we do and if we don't get to do a morning time snuggle something will happen throughout the day that one of us is cranky and one of us will say we didn't have time to snuggle this morning it kind of sets the tone for our day we can work together we can get along we, she can follow directions I can be loving and not sassy in my instructions <laughs> <laughs> The other thing I love about homeschooling is creating my own schedule. I'm a type A person. I love a good schedule. Like right now, I'm scheduling lessons through August. I love to create a schedule and stick to it. That's just how my brain works. My husband is not that way. And my child is kind of about half and half. So she thrives on a schedule. But it's amazing how it can balance out what I've learned to live with, what I get frustrated with in scheduling. I've also learned to live with a little bit and say it's okay if the schedule doesn't happen right on the minute as long as the lesson happens within the day. The other things I love about homeschooling, the, the power to choose my own curriculum and having been in the public school, reading and writing curriculum throughout the years, I can look through curriculum and say, this is good. This is bad. I like the way this teaches. It agrees with me and it's going to agree with my child. And I can choose 
very systematic ways of learning. And I can also choose very creative ways of learning to balance her learning experience. But those are just some things that I love. Of course, the snuggles are not one, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're but, pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, they are pretty awesome. Tell us what you love about it. Well, I love, like you said, the relaxed learning environment. I love to make a schedule. <laughs> But I don't so much love to keep it. Yeah. Either one of us feel like it, we're done. Yeah. And that's not to say we never go back to it because obviously some of these things need to get done. But at the same time, my relationship with her is more important than getting a math lesson done. You know, when she is ready and willing, she can get through two or three math lessons. I don't need to fight over the one math lesson when she's having a rough day or whatever lesson. It doesn't have to necessarily be math because she actually enjoys math. I should say reading because <laughs> she loves reading. She loves being read to, but it, it's a struggle for her. And mm-hmm. so when it comes to the lesson, it can be really tough. Having the opportunity to say, you know what, we're not going to do this today or we're not going to do this this week you know and there were times where I would say we're not going to do reading lessons for three months just because give her brain a break because it was working so hard in that area and then coming back and seeing the growth Mm -hmm. without doing anything and all of a sudden she was learning Mm -hmm. and I wasn't doing anything oh that's great (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) what do you need me for just being at home, sitting on the couch and doing our lessons. I mean, we do the majority of our lessons sitting on the couch or sitting mm-hmm. on the floor. We're very rarely sitting at a table or a desk. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> I'm a table person. <laughs> I have to be. Uh, but that's table. that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It, you know? and, and see, that's the beauty of homeschooling. It's different for everyone. And whereas I like a schedule, you like it more relaxed. And that's one reason I love this. Love how we can share this part of life. Life, it is okay. You do what best fits for your family. What else do you love about homeschooling? The flexibility mm. that goes along with the relaxed learning environment, but more to the point of texting a friend and saying, Hey, you want to go to the park? And yeah. we meet up at the park. You know, we don't have to say, Well, you know, we have to wait until 3 30 before we can get to the park. I mean, sometimes we do have to wait and we can't do everything right now. The fact that I need groceries right now. And so <laughs> let's go. Yep. Just the fact that we can do whatever we want whenever we want right you just get up and go when within reason and the one thing that is really awesome having only one child is that especially one who is older you know I can say go get your shoes on we're leaving and she will go get her shoes on and we're leaving and I don't have to round up the baby and the toddler and everyone else to get out the door And everything that goes with everyone else. I mean, that's not to say that a baby and a toddler are burdens because they're absolutely not. But at the same time, I know my friends with larger families with the babies and the toddlers will agree that getting out the door with toddlers and babies and older children just doesn't work the same it doesn't and I can be waving goodbye to my friends at the event (laughs) (laughs) the door driving out of the driveway and they still are piling kids in their van you know yeah yeah exactly and it's not a bad thing either way it's just that's what it is with one kid We can travel whenever we want. We don't have to ask anybody whether we can go or not. So we're taking a trip out to see my grandmother for her 90th birthday at West. And we're getting on a plane and going. When my husband goes away and ministers, we can go with him. We don't have to stay home because she's in school. We're not able to 
do this or that because she has school. I do want to talk about field trips because field trips are so awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we can go on several field trips in a month and experience things that, again, to go with the flexibility that we may not be able to experience. You know, she would be able to do some of these things going right. to the zoo or having them several times in a month. Or if I know that she has a lesson that she can complete in the car, if the field trip is a distance away, she can bring some of that. You know, we aren't losing any learning. I'll be honest, I'm learning more as a homeschool teacher of my own child than I remember ever learning in 13 years of public school. Today we did a lesson about why do birds have beaks. Well, I learned information that I never knew. But number one, I was not that great of a science student. And number two, elementary school science teaching is much different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. So my daughter says to me, did you learn that in school? Comparing bird beaks, functions, and, you know, circumstantial aptitude or something. I replied, nope. And my child replied, well, maybe your high school wasn't that good. And that's the only funny for today. The Homeschool for One podcast music is brought to you by The Word in Worship. You can find them out online at www.thewordinworship.com. If you're listening today, then they have a special gift for you. For their most recent album, You're Not Through With Me Yet, the Martins have created a four-week video devotion series to help you journey deeper into the scriptures behind the title song. If you're feeling frustrated or discouraged in your spiritual walk and need some encouragement that God is at work in you to bear fruit in every season of your life, you're going to want to listen to the Word in Worship. For being a part of this podcast, you can get the devotion for free by visiting their website, www.thewordinworship.com. Simply navigate by clicking Our Devotions and use the code HOMESCHOOL to get free access. You've been listening to Homeschool for One. You can teach an only child at home. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And we hope you'll join us next week as we talk about how we make it work on a daily basis. In the meantime, we would love to hear from you, our listeners. Do you have questions, reflections, or feedback? Our email is info at homeschoolforone.com. Finally, we want you to know that you matter and you are loved.